0: I really appreciate the level of detail because it's you know I know other people have said the same thing to you it's just not something that you that's available it's just not something you get you know Um, camp is great but you're only getting you know there's three officials on the court that people are commenting on so you know this level of detail is really great
1: you are listening to the crown rest podcast the audio experience for basketball official official, officials Serve the game. So, was there uh, enough information in this report for you?
0: It's a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> it's super detailed, which is amazing. Um, yeah, it's it, it took a, it took a while to process, just because I'm somebody who tends to keep a lot of notes myself. So, just then rewatching the game, rewatching all the clips with your notes and then writing my new notes. It's, it's a lot, but it's great. It's all, it's all good work.
1: Yeah. We tried to, we tried to really load you up. There was a lot of key points and, and, and things to discuss. So I kind of want to, you know, give you the opportunity to ask any follow-up questions or maybe talk about your notes on top of the notes we gave you. So whatever you want to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, the first thing that came to mind is I, I feel like the benefits of this service um, revealed themselves to me even before I sent you a game film. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, when you said, send me a game film, and I wrote back and I was like, well, what kind of game? Do I send you a game that I didn't feel great about? Or do I send you a game I do feel pretty good about? And you just said, send me a game where, where I feel I had the most whistles. Um, and I feel like why that's important for me to think about is that as I was thinking about all my games and reviewing all my game notes, I I realized that I don't really have a game where I felt like I had the most whistles. And not that having the most whistles is something to strive for, um, but I think it's indicative of a mindset that you go into your game with and that kind of mindset is like, I'm in control out here and I'm going to handle whatever happens um, and I'm going to be in in command. And I think that that type of mindset is still something that I'm working on. I think sometimes I go into games still thinking, oh, I'm the the newer official on the the crew. Um, And I think that that can kind of set me up to, you know, hang back a little bit more. Um, And so just trying to find a game like that, the way you described it, was hard for me. Um, So I think it made me realize that it's a mindset thing that I need to change too. Um, so even before you got to look at my my work, I feel like I benefited from that.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, listen, you you could send me a game where you had a lot of correct calls and a lot of great no calls, but there's only so deep we can go. So the reason sure. why I send me a game where you have a lot of whistles just so I can see you present constantly. Yeah. And, you know, the higher amount uh, of times that I can see you at the table, the more content that I can produce specifically for you. Sure. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was, that was, you know, before I even got this report, I felt like I grew, um, which is great. Um, and then, you know, I, I think that the, the, let's see, the points to develop into strength, um, you know, I, I came up with the same, basically the same, the, the same points. So at the end, when I, after I, rewatched the game and remade all my notes, um, I really came down to like two sort of umbrella areas. And and one of them is definitely assertiveness, yeah. um, which I, you know, there's a bunch of things I could put under that. So, you know, dead ball officiating and just staying super aware and making yourself be a presence. To me, that's being assertive. Also, um, using my voice is is an assertiveness thing, too. Um, so that's definitely one of my umbrella skills that I'm still working on. And then the other is definitely positioning, um, and really just owning my primary and kind of using, thinking about that space as, you know, the way I would think about my backyard, you know, like I, I want to be sort of protective of my own space and the way it looks and, and, and my ability to take care of it. Um, so thinking about your primary in that way, um, and then, and then position mechanics, definitely were, were, uh. You know, I, I've, I've seen my, I mean, I watch my films, but I think when, you know, when you break down a, a particular play the way you've done, you know, I can see that I'm not reffing low enough in the trail, um, but I may not have picked up the fact that taking two steps out onto the court versus two steps down is a huge difference. And that's, that's a, that's a easy thing to fix, I think. Um mm-hmm.
1: It is. I, we try to give you like a lot of little easy fixes where, you know, you just take this information and then it's a quick, it's a quick apply. Just yeah. to get back to assertiveness, you know, you have a really good, calm, poised demeanor, and that's something that's hard to achieve for a lot of officials. So yeah. it's better to be on that side than having to slow you down. So the, the point I was just making on assertiveness is just understanding those step up moments of the game where yeah. for the majority of the time we're going to be still but then knowing as soon as the game switches and the temperature rises, then yeah. we have to rise with it.
0: Definitely.
1: So that's, that's always a balance, you know, when I watch officials that that are calm, cause I do it too. Sometimes mm-hmm. um, people tell me, you know, they need a little bit more umph out of me. Sure. You know? So again, th- it's better to be on this side of the okay. you know, the, the poised meter, you know, yep. versus yep. the other way, cause yeah. this is easier to scale back. Right. You know? and you have Yeah, a-
0: definitely. Yeah, it it feels, I mean, I feel comfortable there. I feel comfortable out there. So, um, But I think, like you said, just having a sense and being able to feel when the game needs more energy. um, You know, I can definitely, I can go back and look through other games and find times like that where just a little extra pop, like you said, um, you know, will allow me to rise to that same level. And I think it builds, um, you know, I think it increases your, ability to sell calls. I think it increases your believability. Um, all that stuff, you know, which is also all good stuff. So
1: Yeah, because when you find that balance between being calm but then, you know, having that command when you need to, I think it's a really nice blend because people right. kind of don't notice you. You're kind mm-hmm. of just working your primary, you know, you're right. not teaching. And then when right. it's your opportunity, it's, you know, yep. strength. Pop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: You know, I said earlier is that you you approach this game or you approach some other games where you feel like you were the I don't know least experienced official or the younger official. Right. Ever. We want. I want you to try to like work towards um, never feeling that way and never feeling it on the other end where oh I'm the veteran official I need to do this. We should just be even keeled about that. Who sure. you work with is irrelevant the level yep. or experience of your partners is irrelevant because you don't want it to change who you are as an official. You want right. to go out and have that same mentality every single game.
0: Yeah.
1: You no, know, and I've been there before where, where I'm working with more veteran experienced partners and you kind of feel lost. You don't know where to chime in. You don't want to step on anybody's toes. So you're extra cautious about not doing that, which mm-hmm. kind of limits your mm-hmm. activity in ways. And then you kind of start overcompensating and, you know, yeah, just, just missing out on opportunities or it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough battle mentally. Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think some of that is, um, I think some of that too is, is, you know, how good you are at building, building rapport and building a relationship with your partners, even, you know, well before the game starts. So that's, you know, how you communicate with them leading up to the game and then, you know, how you can, sort of make yourself feel comfortable around each other during the pregame and you know that that stuff helps um but definitely if you're on the younger side or on the newer side I think it's I think it's natural to sort of feel like okay you know they've got more experience they're gonna kind of handle things but that's not the mentality that you want to go into a game with
1: yeah what other parts of the report stood out which feedback do you want to touch on
0: um, I, I really the positioning, that in particular the trail positioning is is really was eye opening for me. Um, I, I had been told that I work too high in the in the trail, so that's something that I am continuing to work on. And I, you know, I I, I think I do that for the same reason that most people do that. Maybe is because you don't want to get beat back. Um, I don't think I'm going to get beat back, so I I you know I'm not really sure why I don't just get to that. 28 foot line and work from there, um, but that's something I'm continuing to work on. Um, but then just the really simple one to two steps position adjustment, you know, with um, purpose is mm. it was really important for me to see that because I think, like I said before, I think that's an adjustment that's easy to make and you know, any time like I, I was watching the the first clip that uh, let's see quarter one 8:59. You know, and I'm, I'm taking two steps out onto the court and I still can't see through. Um, so in order for me to see through, I'd have to have taken four or five steps out onto the court, which is obviously not where you want to go. So just getting to that 28 foot line and realizing if the ball comes to me in that area, then my first instinct should be to take the step down and try to get that in between view from from that angle as opposed to going up. So it's a simple thing, but I think it's, it makes a huge difference. Um, you know, in your ability to see through, your ability to see the defender and and the offensive player go up and down. Um, So the position adjustments um, have been, that part of the report was really important to me. And even in the the slot or in the C position, um, you know, I don't feel, I feel like I get to my spot and I I have a good, reliable position there. And then, you know, just taking that one or two steps to, to stay with that open view um is still something I'm I'm working on so definitely position adjustment was was huge
1: you know that was one thing that stood out was just getting to that 28 foot mark making that you know a starting point all the time in trail and then adjusting accordingly I know we say step down or step up I'm not really too concerned with up or down it's just stepping and moving with a purpose to see in between the play to find the point of contact every matchup you're in between yeah Sometimes you don't have to move because it's you're you're already stationary in a good stationary position. Plays are mm-hmm. right there. So don't focus on like over movement. Right. We just want to be in a dependable position every time to ref that play in yeah. those matchups. And also don't have a fear of of getting beat. I know you said you didn't. Yeah. Um, your run to me might indicate a little bit of that. You have a yep. really smooth run. It's mechanically sound. I think you could go a little faster. I yeah. think I think you are faster than than how. Yeah,
0: I actually think so, too. And that's sort of something I've been thinking about trying to figure out how to work on. Um, You know, I don't know if it's that first movement that I make, you know, that first initial pivot that I'm not pivoting.
1: That's the one that's going to make you look faster. Yeah. That was a hack hack for me this year. It's first turn. Right. That first step, getting an explosive jump on that first step will Mm -hmm. power you right to the end line. And you right. don't even have to run at that same speed as that explosive first step because that's creating momentum for you. Right. Focus on that first one or two steps, just making that a little bit faster. Yeah. And the rest will will take care of itself.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's that's been on my mind. So I've I've asked a few a few other people around me about that kind of thing. So. Um,
1: and 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 one way to speed yourself up is to move your arms a little faster. Okay. You know, yeah. it, it comes from the arms and the legs. That's just, yep, the momentum. And yet, <laughs> yeah. like I said, it's a really smooth run. Yeah. And I don't want it to be too cute. Right. Where it's just like, you know, we're just. Right. La, 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 la. Yep. Like, I want to see your athleticism. I know you have speed there. So sometimes yep. we got to show it. Just want to take a quick break from the podcast to tell you about our new IPR service, which is the Individual Performance Report, one of the industry's first film review services. We break your game down into seven parts. You are now hearing the game notes section where we did a full time stamp review on some notable plays and loaded it with some instructional comments and questions. So hope you enjoy. Hit us up if you have any questions about the IPR. You can email me at crownrefs at gmail or hit us up on social. Now back to the podcast.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see what else. Um, you know, you you talked a little bit about voice. I'm trying to remember where that was. Yeah, that's something too that I it's you know when you, when I think when you're small in stature, um, you know it's you have to find ways to sort of ref bigger. Um, and that's something I've heard a lot. And, you know, people have talked to me about a camp and finding ways to do that. Um, you know, sometimes I, I, it's why I sort of try to do, um, you know, the point. So if I'm administering a free throw and I do sort of a large exaggerated, like on the spot sig- signal there to just try to like little ways, right? Yeah. Just a little tiny ways to sort of stay bigger than sure. I physically am. Um, and using my voice is definitely, uh, you know, one of those ways. I mean, everybody has a voice, so I should be using it as much as I can. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm not somebody who ever really yells. So I don't I'm not really worried about like sounding too loud or yeah. com- coming across too aggressive because that's just not how I am. Um, but I think, you know, I sort of err on the side of keeping it more quiet than. I probably can on the court. So that's to me, that's assertiveness also. It kind of falls underneath that. So there's a bunch of different like bullet points under there that I can keep working on.
1: Well, that's great that you're self-aware on this. But one thing I will say is don't overcompensate and go to the other side of because it's going to show insecurity. Yeah. I yeah. put out a post like uh, maybe a month or two ago about shorter officials, and sometimes they feel the need to overdo it. Did you see that?
0: I did not see that, but I'll look it up.
1: Yeah. I mean, just in my experience, they just they just feel the need to overdo it. And people like yeah. they they lack a believability within themselves. Right. You know, and size is irrelevant. I mean, yeah. like, seriously, who cares? Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. It's irrelevant.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't it, it doesn't play a role in how you can officiate or how good you are at officiating. I think, if anything, it plays a role in um, just how you present you know, and, and your presentation on the court and your presence on the court. So just being able to project a little bit bigger than you are, I think, can sometimes be helpful. You know, obviously, you know, much taller, bigger officials don't really have to worry about that. If anything, maybe they try to scale it down a little bit. But, you know, for somebody my size, like, I'm just trying to build it up a little bit um, and while staying, you know,
1: yeah. reasonable. <laughs> so... So in your pursuit to always be building up, just keep that in the back of your mind to, to, to build up right to that line.
0: Yeah, definitely. And
1: don't go over the line. Right, right. Good stuff.
0: Um, so I, I also wanted to ask about, so the at the very end of the game, and this isn't a clip that you commented on, but it was a clip that I was actually hoping to get a little feedback on. Um, let me get my notes. Where are my notes? Um, Yeah, it's it's so at... at quarter four at the 48 seconds left on the, on the clock. And it's where I call, um, I called a common foul, but it, it probably should have been an intentional foul. Um, and I was, I was in the sea in transition. Um, and it was a situation where the, the, um, the other team was trying to stop the clock and I get the foul, but I didn't, I was a little bit ahead of the foul. Um you know when I when I watch it on clip, it's 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 should have been an intentional foul. Um, and my partner I think did the right thing. He came to me. You know I stopped the clock. I signaled I'm starting to report. And my partner comes to me and and, and asks me, do I want to, you know, do I want to upgrade that? And so he had the right question. Um, I think everybody in the gym <laughs> probably probably saw that as an intentional foul. And the reason I didn't see it is because I. Feel like I was ahead of it, so I saw the contact, but I didn't really see the, you know, the two-hand shove in the back. And I'm wondering at that point, you know, my partner coming up the trail there's got a much better look at it. Um, you know, I, I think if I had said to him, you know, what do you think? You probably had a better look at it. I ended up, you know, he just asked me what I saw, and so I told him what I saw, and we went with that based on what I saw. So I, I feel like that's a situation where nobody's really going to get that upset if I call an intentional because it looks like an intentional. Um, so I was just wondering what you thought about that clip.
1: You know, we can't stand these plays. <laughs> you know, it, the, the players just show a yeah. little basketball IQ here. They think right. it's legal. It puts us in a box. It puts us in a tough spot. Yeah. By rule, is it a... Flagrant one, sure. Made no attempt on the ball, right? Just goes and puts two hands in the back while she's right. trailing the play. Right. I, I just think we have to just, as a whole, start calling this.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because that's the problem. We don't all call this. Right. We don't well, I mean,
0: and I didn't.
1: So. As a whole. And yeah. we don't like to call it. Yeah. So how about we all just say, who cares? It is what it is. It's a player's mistake. Yeah, F one. Let's all get on the same page and call that an F one. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, listen, you know. We've all had this play. We've all mm-hmm. had this play. It's, it's it's a flagrant one. It's the it's the flagrant one in the least form,
0: right? But like almost the most obvious form, you know, because there's because there's absolutely no play on the ball there, you know. Yeah. But but if you know if if the defender coming up behind had just sort of reached. You know, and gave her a little one-handed push. That, like that could be different. I, you know. That yeah, that, that could be different. Yeah,
1: so it, it's probably the two hands, probably. Right. You know, in that part of the back, trailing right. from that far, like she wasn't even close, so she had to like overextend.
0: For sure, yeah.
1: She's like a foot closer, and it's just a hand, then, you know, we might have yeah. options. We yeah. Have options.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I, I I think I think there's no doubt about what it should have been called, and I think my only question really is you know, when my partner comes to me, I, at that point, I sort of want to be convinced to do it because for me, I, I don't like to call something that I don't see. Um, but if my partner comes to me and says, that's a hundred percent to shove two hand shove in the back, you know, we should upgrade that. Then I'm probably going to upgrade it. But if he comes to me and says, what did you see? I'm going to say what I saw. So I, I just don't know. Yeah, you know, and so, I think that's an assertiveness thing, you know. I think that that could fall under an assertiveness issue too. And just say, like, what did you see, you know?
1: So, when you blew the whistle, did you think about immediately like going and asking for help, or was it you were no okay? Yeah, and then I mean, your, I, yeah. Your partner approached you.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, your partner approached you, that's cool, but unless they're bringing 100% information, there's right. really nothing to discuss except the fact that we're going to have a discussion to show everybody in the gym that we're thinking about the common versus F1 right. situation, right. you know? So like for the optics of the game, yep. that, that encounter was positive. But again, this is anytime we're changing a call or bringing information. If I come into you, I'm only come to you to bring you a hundred percent. Right. Or does, you know, to do the, have a conversation for the optics of that singular play. Okay. But besides that, I mean, there's, there's not much else to do if they're, if they're not a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So sure. maybe just, you know, I don't know, just how our conversation developed. Um, cause I see it on, I see it now and I'm like, ah, it should have been, you know, but I think you're right. I think just across the board, like it's, it's such an obvious type of call. And like you said, if, if, if there's more consistency in how that play is called, then, you know, no one, no one can really be upset about that.
1: The next time you have this play, show that command by stopping the clock, boop, take an extra second, and then you come here. Right. And there's really no conversation with your partner besides how we're going to administrate it from here. Yeah. You know, just run the game right there. Run the game. They don't like the call. No one in the gym likes that call. Yeah, I know. We don't like that call. We don't like when the players make that mistake. That's on the players. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Referees collectively, let's all just start calling that, even though it's uncomfortable. Yeah. For us, because I don't know, it's just, just, it just doesn't feel like a great basketball play. You know, it, yeah. I, it is. We don't want to inject a foul there, you yeah. know, when the game's kind of still on the line. Yeah. The, and, and two, the contact is very minimal too.
0: Right. So. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like she plowed through her. It's not like she threw her to the ground. It's not like, you know, it was illegal contact, but it, it wasn't excessive. It wasn't severe. It was just a play, you know, not, not against the ball, not for the ball. So. Yep.
1: yep. The crown refs podcast is brought to you by neat Tucks, the best way to keep your shirt or uniform tucked. If you're looking for that clean and professional look on the court, this is the best product for that. Go to neat and order yours today. Crown refs and neat tucks, serving the game.
0: Okay. What else? Um, you- um, yeah. So I had, I made notes about all the clips. Um, so I'm just trying to get through some of the things that you said. I really like this. I really like this idea of fearing the closed look, and rather than fearing the wrong or the missed call. So that's that's sort mm-hmm. of. I try to always think about things to self-talk for myself when I'm on the, on the court. So that's a good one for me just in, in terms of positioning and thinking about which way I'm moving and which kind of look I'm going to get. So I don't want to, you know, I think sometimes I do fear the wrong call. So like, you know, you've said somewhere that when I blow my whistle, I'm generally right um, most of the time. And I feel that my judgment is, is really pretty good when I blow the whistle. But when I, choose not to blow the whistle. um, I think generally that's because I don't, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to blow my whistle and be wrong. Um, And nobody wants that, of course. Um, But I think like, you know, there were, there was a clip where I had a, it was a, you know, rhythm, balance, speed, quickness issue, and it was a foul. And I, it was sort of a bump on a drive to the basket. And, you know, that's sort of the call that, you know, goes back around to protecting my area and, you know, not being afraid of getting that call wrong because it is, it it is an issue of displacement. So, you know, that's the kind of call that I have to be a little bit more assertive in, in making sure that I'm getting and not sort of fearing that I'm going to make that call and it's going to be wrong because it's not wrong, you know, And, and that should be kind of an obvious, an obvious call to get. So I think, you know, generally I, when I don't blow my whistle and I look back at a play and I think, oh, I should have blown my whistle, you know, I'm just, I don't want to be wrong. So I don't want to blow my whistle and have the whole gym be like, (laughs) you know, nobody wants that. I get that. But,
1: um,
0: you know, so again, I think that's, that's also assertiveness. Like so many things kind of fall underneath that for me, Um, or at least so many of the things that you commented about. So I like that. I like, you know, thinking about not fearing Fearing the the closed look as opposed to the to the missed call.
1: Yeah, and I say fearing the, the closed look because that has a higher precedent than the actual play itself because putting yeah. yourself in that dependable position right. to see the play is more importantly is more important than, than, than the decision you're gonna make on that play. Right. Obviously we want to eliminate any fear on the basketball court. So like, I don't want you to fear anything. Yeah. You could not be judging plays. And in the back of our mind, we shouldn't have a fear about right. the decision we're going to make about the right. call or the no call that we're going to make, because then we start guessing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you're just lacking a belief in yourself, mm-hmm. which is going to um, manifest itself in different ways throughout the game. Yeah. So just being comfortable out there and not worrying if you miss a call. Okay. Right. what. You're gonna miss a call. For sure. <laughs> or gonna miss a call. So if you go in just knowing that. Yeah. Listen, I'm not. I'm gonna come out here today, and I wanna get every single call correct. But it's not going to happen, and I'm not. <laughs> right. <appropriating. laughs>
0: Definitely not gonna happen.
1: You know. Uh-huh. And and guess what? I'll be able to survive a miss hit. Yeah. I'll be able to survive a missed travel. I'll be able to survive a missed hand check. Yep. I can't survive. Um a whale of an illegal screen that I miss, you know, like can't miss big fish, but don't be concerned about missing the little things.
0: Right. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I also think what you said before about, you know, thinking about position adjustments so that if you're in the right position and then you, you know, you see a play happen and you decide that that's not illegal contact and that's a lot easier for you to go to a coach and explain that decision that you made if you're in the right position, you know, so that's not going to be one more thing that a coach could say, Yeah. you know, you yeah. can defend yourself if you're in the right position.
1: 100%. It, it's tough for me to watch your game and give you real feedback on communication, but just take me through a couple yeah. um, encounters and conversations that you had throughout that game. What did your dialogue go like?
0: Um, with the coaches, you mean? Yeah. Um the- Yeah, I mean, the the coaches weren't super chatty in that game, but I had had um, just about a week and a half prior to this game, um, and we had, we just had, um, her assistant coach is somebody who is up a lot. So, you know, as a crew for this game, we talked pregame about making sure that we are paying attention to bench decorum, making sure you know, as a team, not just the assistant coach, but the players are up a lot, you know, they'll get up to celebrate and they will stay up. Um, And that's something that each of my partners who've had RIT a bunch of times also reiterated. So that was something on our mind. Um, And it's actually something that we did deal with on the court a couple of times. You saw me at one point, just like signaling behind me to the bench to be seated. My partner stopped, um, not stopped play, but he, during a dead ball, issued a bench warning For standing up so you know and then I was sort of the one who came down in front of the head coach and tried to explain that um you know so so that type of stuff with the coach really other other than that she was she didn't really have much to say to us back game. just so much information I really appreciate I I really appreciate the level of detail because it's you know I know other people have said the same thing to you it's just not something that you that's available. It's just not something you get, you know, um, camp is great, but you're only getting, you know, there's three officials on the court that people are commenting on. So, you know, this level of detail is really great. And yeah. I really appreciate it.
1: I'm enjoying doing it. Cause I get to grow with each report too. It, it helps, sure. you know, me review each game. It's going to help me when I watch my games, you know, right. this interaction with you, you share your story and, and your thoughts on it is helping me as well. So like, It's not just a one-way street, so I appreciate you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game.